Hello, and welcome to the NBA Thoughts Podcast. I'm Michael Schwab, joined here by my special guest, the brother-in-law, the one and only, Zev Wasserman. I'm in New York, what's up? We went Sunday night to see the Brooklyn Nets play the Phoenix Suns, and I just, I had one thought watching the game. Josh Jackson, you're not an all-star. You're not an all-star. I hate my daughters and my family. Warning, this podcast will contain adult content for (laughs) listeners. Just know. We went to the game. We had some pretty cool seats. You got it from your uh, your neighbor's brother-in-law. Neighbor's got brother-in-law. us set up in a box. It was pretty dope. We, we were rocking out there. We watched one of the there. greatest basketball games of all time. The Brooklyn Nets against the Phoenix Suns uh, does not get any higher quality basketball. But can we talk for a second? We're in that box. We're rocking it out. We have these two very nice men sitting next to us. And then behind us, there's these two daughters. I want to say they're like both 12. I don't know. They might have been, like been like 12 and 10. Something young 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 girls with their mom and their dad and if you had asked somebody like who didn't know that they were clearly family like if you would have like observed his actions at the game it would seem like he was an angry drunk person who happened to be seated next to these daughters who he did not care for and did not know were there and was loudly swearing at players. He was kind of like, you know, the distant uncle who only shows up for Thanksgiving to get plastered. That's who he and was. He's just like screaming F-bombs in the middle. Yeah. I'm just like, what? It's a Phoenix Suns game. And you cannot da- be that intense about it. His daughters are like, Daddy, why are you speaking like that? And he's like, shut up. I'm talking about what I want to talk. Josh Jackson's not an all-star. Like, Josh Jackson's up there shooting free throws. And this guy's out there. Like, You're not an all-star. Josh Jackson does not think he's an all-star. Like, there's so <laughs> many better insults he could give than just yelling, you're not an all-star. He could say that too. 99% of the league. And it's Literally not- every player on the Suns is not an all-star. Yeah. Also, his, his daughters were then very upset by that because they found it to be very mean, and he did not care. He was like, oh, you want to hear something meaner? I also don't like your mom. <laughs> oh! Or you. You're not an all-star daughter. Missed the free throw. <laughs> it got me thinking, though, about you know free throw heckling. I've always found it, while this guy was particularly dumb, I found it in general, I feel like we're like a little... We're a little lazy with our insults. I feel like people should be more specific. Like if I was booing Josh Jackson, what I would have been like is I would have been like, Josh Jackson, you have a poor shot selection and it's also not overly efficient, making you a bad offensive player and you should probably work on that in your game going forward. And that would have hit him real hard. I think he would like really internalize that. And I just think people should be like, let's not be like, oh, you suck. Like that's just like real vague. Like I feel like we should be very specific about our insults. Like, Kevin Durant, you might be really good at shooting, but you should probably focus more on taking more efficient shots. Like, it's really good when you get free throws, but your pull-up mid-range shoes are actually not as efficient as your free throws. You should focus on your free throw shooting. Yakil also likes the idea of giving them an existential crisis. I think that would be so good if, like, you know, who's at the – LeBron James at the free throw line. You know, he's really struggling with his free throws, and you're just up there yelling, like, LeBron, what's the meaning of existence? Are we all going to die? And then what becomes of our bodies? See, so I'm not a big fan of those like, ones because I'm not sure if they care. I'll really psych them out. <laughs> but for LeBron's going to be like, oh it. my gosh. What am death, I is, death is ever encroaching. Oh, and what is this shooting, this free throw? I cannot stop the ever encroaching tide of death. Oh no. Yeah, the plan is basically to have these guys curl up into a ball on the floor <laughs> with, the th- with the thumbs in their mouth and just pretend to be babies. I just feel like that would be a lot more effective than telling Josh Jackson he's not an all-star. Well, for the guy in our section, in our in our box, he he thought it worked. And let's just say, I think Josh Jackson actually hit every free throw that he yelled, you're not an all-star. Really? I feel like he missed didn't. a bunch. Yeah, Josh, Josh Jackson's not a good free throw It's just good for the story. <laughs> I got nothing. He's, he's bad. He, actually, you know what? I didn't think he was as bad as everybody says he is. I know we, we talk a, a lot about... 
nobody really talks about Josh Jackson. But the, the things that people say about him is that he's a bust and like he's in his second year. He's in a bad offensive, defensive team. That, like we watch the game, that offense doesn't exist. There's yeah. no pick and roll. There's no nothing. It's just throw the ball to somebody and hope it works. Yeah. They Which, really need to get a point guard and an offensive system. I feel like that's, we were discussing this. Like it's very hard to evaluate a player playing on a team that has so many problems. Like I feel like you're playing like just to give an example, because they were the other team, like the Nets have a clear system. They have some strengths, they have some flaws. So it's clear to see where a player is contributing and where they're not and what's really a value, what's really not. But the Suns, there's so many flaws that I feel like it's tough to say if someone's struggling because they're bad and they will always be bad or if just there's no system there and there's no way for them to succeed. For sure. Like I think it's definitely worth any other team in the NBA to take a look at Josh Jackson. But building off what Yechel has to say, I agree. There's just there's no defined presence, who they are. I think it probably stems from the top. Also, it's that- stems from they literally don't have a point guard. A point guard runs your offense. They do not have a capable playmaker. Like Devin Booker is their best point guard at times, and like that's not his skill. Like he's been working on it. He's expanded his game, but like Devin Booker's peak is as a secondary playmaker. Agreed. Like that's not an insult. That's perfectly fine. That's a great thing. Like Paul George, you know, not to steer this conversation to OKC, but, but like gonna do that, he's yeah. an MVP level player this season and he's working as a secondary playmaker. Like he definitely not in his like third season, like Devin Booker, like he did not have the kind of playmaking like that, but it's, you need a secondary playmaker and that's something Devin Booker has and that's something he can work on, but there's no way he should be your primary playmaker. And I actually um, liked having uh, Tyler Ulis on that team when he was there. I thought he played well off Booker. He, he set them up for at least there was someone to get the ball to somebody. Yeah. It wasn't let's start the playoff with Josh, Josh Jackson bring up the ball yeah. and hope he's going to figure it out. Yeah, like they have DeAnthony Melton, but I don't like he doesn't he, seem. Does he even play? He did not seem to be playing that much. He, he didn't does. seem to be orchestrating all. Like they really, I. That's also like we get back to the Wizards trade when they traded Trevor Ariza and they got back another wing. I'm just like, you guys have a lot of wings. You need just like a point guard, like just somebody who can just orchestrate your offense just so you can see what you have with your players. Like, also, I thought DeAndre Ayton played pretty well in that he game. He was great. I was really surprised. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on the obviously the Luka I, train, but yeah, no, Luke obviously is like, that's a whole nother discussion. We can get to that later. He definitely should have been the number one pick. Definitely tons of potential, tons of Luka talent right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But DeAndre Ayton looked really good. He had some strong defensive plays in that game, which I think is a bit of an aberration for him, but it was good to see because that's always been the struggle for him. He still didn't have a block. No, he had a number of plays I thought that he deflected. Yeah, I think he had some blocks in that game. It was like his first of the season, but he had some blocks. He's still not scary to drive in on. He is a big guy. He should just be able to anchor. Like you can see on the court, like he is bigger than everyone else. Like they're all basketball players. They're all pretty big, but he looks, he's got like that Shaq size. Like he's just like, like he's worth going to see girth. because of he has his, the girth. his bigness. Yeah, if that's the word. I don't like know. it's not just that he's seven feet tall. He's like a very thick man. He is a thick man. Thick, thick with he's a K, thick. not with two C's. Oh no, he's got a K definitely. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Luca's got the C's. Yeah, yeah. He's DeAndre Aiden's thick with like a K. Like he's a thick person. Like, he's you a can't move around man. him. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but yeah, he played very well. I, I thought surprised. he played very well, yeah. but again, he's a guy like who would benefit a lot from having an offense that could get him more lobs, that could get him the ball inside because he's not so great at creating for his own. But he's like, also catching lobs. I was surprised he like, was Devin catching Booker lobs. Was up lobs. Devin Booker was throwing higher. lobs way off. Like yeah. if you had a point guard who could throw him some nicely aimed lobs, like that would really work out for him. I, I think that's something they could really use. Also, so, Jamal Crawford is washed. Okay. I don't know what is he. He's thirty eight. I like yeah. I. I would say like if there's one team where I'm like. Proudy's there, like give him on the give him on the Suns. Like yeah. that's what Carmelo Anthony should have done. Like he should have shined with the Hawks. Him and, and Vince Carter could have been just like chilling there. 
Uh, that's he wouldn't all. have been happy though forever. Can I can I take a second to uh, scream at Mark Spears for being dumb? There's a lot of ESPN. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of ESPN analysts, and some of them are some of them are really smart. There's like the Zach Lowe. Some of them are like, okay, like they have some good insights. You know, like you get your Royce Young, your Kevin Arnovitzes. Like some of them are really some some of their insights are good. Some of them are a little dumb. And then you got Mark Spears. That guy is that guy's spewing dumbness all the time. What and you, you know it when he starts saying that Melo is going to be the answer to anybody's problems. We have efficiently dispelled the myth that Melo coming off the bench is going to make him playable. People were like, oh, if he came off, he came off the bench in Houston. He spotted up for threes in Houston. It did not work. If it did not work in Houston, it's not going to work on some other team. It's not like, oh, you know what? He came off the bench as the eighth guy. If he comes off the bench as the ninth guy, all of a sudden he's going to shoot 40% from three instead of 18. Like, no, he's bad at threes. He's bad at defense. He can't pass. There's nothing see, else you can contribute. Did you see his workout videos where he's standing on the oh, ball yeah. and people are throwing balls at him and he's catching them? Like, <laughs> who wouldn't want that? <laughs> oh my gosh. He, he, yeah, he's done. Uh, it's like, yeah. sad, he had a good career, but like, let's stop pretending that he's the answer to any contender's problems. I think he can go, he can he play can like, play, he can do like a Jamal Crawford, he can go play, yeah, but let's gonna... stop pretending like he's going to go to the Lakers. The Lakers need another score. It's Carmel. Carmel Anthony's not a scorer. Carmel Anthony is a guy who's going to take shots and they're going to be bad. Sign yeah. him onto a lottery team. Let him go have some fun. Let him take his shots. Let him be a veteran presence. He seems like a perfectly nice guy. I don't think anybody in OKC was like, he was a locker room. His play, his issue was scumbag. on court, not off court. Mike, so he seems like he could be a nice veteran guy, but just he's not the answer to any playoff team's scoring issues. Agreed. Unless you're like a dumb playoff team that thinks it's fun. Like, I would not be surprised if like, I don't know. I feel like even like Dallas can make a dumb decision. Like Mark Cuban is like, yeah, no. let's get Melo. Let's put him on the team. No. And let's see what happens. Except for their rampant sexual harassment. Oh, Dallas God. is a very smart organization. Yeah. Just like aside <laughs> from that one small thing that yeah, they had yeah. where they like, oh, it was rampant sexual harassment in their business office against lots of women. And like Mark Cuban had to pay $10 million because like he supposedly didn't know about it. But like he definitely also knew about lots of parts of it. It's a, just we so you know, the NBA College Podcast thinks this is terrible, and we do not agree with anything Mark Cuban yeah. did about this. Situation. We support intersectional feminism, and we support Rachel Nichols and her investigation. I love Rach. By the way, Rach, I saw you at ESPN. I was there uh, when the Raptors played the Sixers, and I saw you on the court, and I wanted to say hi, but you scared me because you're so amazing. That's very true. We are I wish she was I'm sure she is. I think she's a. She does listen. I know she listens at two times speed oh, okay, to fine. podcasts. Like she's the one who inspired me to do 1.5. Uh-huh. So I, she probably has a lot of extra time to listen to podcasts for listening at two times speed. So I assume we're like. I feel like she probably does like low post us, and then I don't know. Like there's nobody else in the conversation with Agreed. us and the low. It's probably us low post. I actually don't know. Like if I was ranking NBA podcasts. Well, she probably listens to the Bill Simmons podcast. She That's probably doesn't really, listen to Bill Simmons really podcast because she's like a good person. Oh my god. Actually, like some of her opinions are dumb. I think her feminism, like her investigating Mark Cuban, is good, but some of her anyway, like her two MVP discussion, like no, that's I don't well, understand I, what she's talking you about. Enlighten me on that. She's like, why do we have one award for best stat and one award for best player? And I don't understand what she's talking about. Like, what does that even mean? Did she say that Kawhi Leonard should be the MVP of the NBA? No. Do you want to? Do you want to get into this? Oh, that's it. Zev knows. I was making a list the other day. I was thinking about who are, because there's a lot of talk about this MVP conversation. There's all people who are like, who's in the MVP conversation? I feel like at this point in the season, especially because I think there are there's not a lot of separation from teams or from players, really. There's a very wide conversation. There's a lot of people in the MVP conversation. I think also because when we talk about MVP, 
we're not just talking about who's going to win. We're like, who's in the top five, at least for me, like that's the interesting thing. Like it's not just who's going to win. It's It's like, you know, who's up there? Like who's going to ascend? Like Damian Lillard was in the top five last year. Like who's going to be in the top five this year? I love Damian. So we were talking about this and I feel like most people assume Kawhi is. Most people, you mean like 99.9% of people. people. But here's my, here's my argument against him. And it's basically pretty simple. My qualifications for MVP Pretty much a few, pretty much two things. You got to have some good real plus minus. You got to have some good counting stats as well. So I need to see it. It doesn't need to be real plus minus itself, but I would separate stats into two things. Impact stats. Those are the kind of advanced stats that don't look at specifically how many points you're scoring, but look at how your team performs when you're on the court versus off the court. And then your more traditional counting stats, things like points per game, true shooting, things like that. Like, for me, if you want to be an MVP candidate, you got to have really good numbers in both of those categories. Fine. And that's, for me, the issue where Kawhi Leonard falls short, because in ESPN's Real Plus Minus, last time I checked it, he was about 25th, which is, you know, decent. Good. But you're not going to say an MVP is the 25th best. And more than the 25th is he's currently third on his team. That Danny could Green. change. Danny Danny Green, Pascal Siakam, and Kyle Lowry. Oh, it's four people ahead of him? I don't know if they're all ahead of him. I think Danny Green might be a little bit below him. I'll yeah, have to I mean, check. Yeah. But for me, like that's that's a big red flag. If I'm like gonna give you an MVP vote, you gotta be at the head of your team in real plus minus. Or if not, it's gotta be like a Curry Durant situation where you're both in the top ten. You can't be like lagging behind multiple teammates and in 25th, and those guys aren't like that's just like for me. If you're not making your team incredibly better by being on the court and they struggle when you're off the court, like that's a big red flag for me. And I don't know if I can put you in my MVP ballot. Just a side point, this is a testament to how good the Raptors are, that even if Kawhi leaves us, we still will have a right. good team with a strong organization, and I have no worries about that. Yeah. This could change also as the season goes on. Like It could be Kawhi Leonard's becoming more acclimated to the team, and I think he's ascended the real plus-minus rankings as the season has gone on. Well, I think he's starting lower. There's a pre-Kawhi versus the Warriors, that first game he played, yeah. and post. Yeah, he's been on a tear. Warriors. Like he's... He was struggling a little bit in the season, both in terms of his own numbers and also in terms of playing with the team well and i think he's gotten better so i as the season goes on he could very well shoot up those rankings and if he finishes top 15 puts up good numbers number one team hard to look away from a guy like that and put him in the mvp conversation but if if it continues as it currently is or if you ask me today i would not put him on my ballot and i wouldn't even put him in the top 10 conversation my smile would be so big if Kawhi won MVP and he doesn't you know what Kawhi I love you you don't have to stay in the Raptors you do you like be free but like just win just, an MVP just take us MVP to the finals please take us to the finals take us to the finals. that's all I'm asking you okay like it's not even that hard you're you're better than than every single person in the conference yeah okay? just except for Giannis oh uh, ah, ah, that's ah, also an interesting ah. discussion though of like that gets into the thing of like Giannis sometimes struggles at the end of games. He, str- like he doesn't know when to take over, but Kawhi's also been no, very bad. Not, it's not he struggles to take over. Like it's the, he can't shoot. And like that prevents him from being an incredible isolation player. Like he succeeds by sort of getting into the middle to dunk, yes. which teams somehow are able to stop in the last five minutes of the game. So I don't know why they're not stopping at the other the 48. Time. This is why I never understand these like players like, oh, like when the game bogs down, you need to go to them to get a bucket because nothing else in your offense is working. Like, why doesn't the defense just do that for the other 48? Like, does it just come down to conditioning? Like, do they just not it's run enough? Like, are they just, just tired? Or maybe like, like, they should just run more. Like, just just do more. I think it's also, you're, it's easier to get locked down on defense later on in the game in the beginning because, like, the beginning, you're like, oh, yeah, we'll get back. Like, there's not that, like, like fire this, under your belly to. Like, I see down. how that works psychologically. But, like, if you ask me, like, analytically, like, rationally, mathematically, like, 
the points in the first quarter count equally towards the end score as they do in the fourth quarter. Like I know people like sometimes like clutch scoring is all that matters. No, most games are actually won within the first, like in the first quarter, lots of games are won. And like the points you score in the first 10 seconds count the same towards the final score. If they're scored in the last seconds, they both tallied the same. This is why we're like wind and fire, (laughs) water and ice. Actually, that's not the same thing. Fire and water. Hulk, I don't know. I Hulk like raging fire or like smoldering fire. We just watched Thor. I don't know if anybody's ever seen this, but there's this movie Thor Ragnarok. I've seen it. I've seen it. No, let's be realistic. I've seen it about five times. No way, five, seven at least. I don't know. I'm giving you. Seven. I've seen it a bunch of times. It's really good. If anybody's looking for some recommendation, you know what? Let's we do a movie corner. Movie here. corner. Hit a movie corner. Here we go. Hit him. We got to watch some Thor Ragnarok. Welcome to that. Movie. NBA Thoughts Podcast is branching out into movies. Number one recommendation, you got to go see yourself some Thor Ragnarok. I know it's on Netflix. I'm worried. Is it maybe going to leave? Because I know Infinity War is coming tomorrow. You know I'm going to watch that movie another five times at least as well. I think I've seen that one three times already. So, like, we got some more time. They're just... I haven't seen every Marvel movie five times, but those are just... Those are so good. It's because they strike the perfect balance of funny, touching, action... Infinity War does not have as much comedy. Like, no. they're different balances. I'm saying Thor. Yeah, Thor Ragnarok is just, it's a great comedy. It's got great action. That's about it. Like, there's, like, some plot stuff going on. There's, like, some interesting, like, colonialism themes. Hela is kind of cool, but, like, doesn't really, like, she's just evil. Like, there's no, like, backstory to her. Like, there's no, like, interesting things. Like, she's just kind of evil. I agree. She's also way but, too overpowered. That girl can you... But, like, it works. Like, it's fine. Like, you're just like, let's see Thor do some fun stuff. He's got his lightning. Like, it's just a great movie. I like the lightning part. It's just so fun. Hilarious. The Hulk does his thing. I feel like, also, there's, like, this whole debate about, like, who's better, Hulk or Banner. It's definitely Hulk. I don't want to see any, like, Mark Ruffalo as Brute Banner. Like, oh, oh, I'm so timid and so concerned. No, I want to see Hulk. And his whole broken English thing is funny because he's just a huge monster. Hulk smile. Like, that's great. I agree. I want to see more Only Hulk. So, like, that's a big strength of Ragnarok. But do not make another Only Hulk movie because the first one was just bad. Oh, like the oh, you the mean original, like before. yeah? No, so I don't want to see a Hulk centered movie. I want to see Hulk always Hulk. Always Hulk. It should be called Always Hulk. <laughs> and there are no verbs in any of things. It's just actually, I guess he uses verbs. He doesn't use adjectives or. Uh, he has some weird speech patterns. It's funny. I don't know. I, we don't need to go to the grammar of it. Uh, it's no. just funny. There's no need to analyze the humor. Let's fair, just fair. Fine, let's stick with it. Okay. That on. has been Movie Corner. Wait, what about Movie uh, Number 2? This is a movie that Phil hasn't seen yet, but he probably uh, will see tomorrow, see tomorrow. Is Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse. And that movie is perfect. Uh, my friend David Tobis, shout out, told me, let's go see this movie. And I was like, I don't want to see movies with cartoons. But, you know, he's like, Spider-Man is important to me, though. We have to go. I was like, okay, fine. And I went to go see this movie. And at the end of the movie, I literally sat there with the biggest smile on my face. And I was like, wait, that was probably one of the best movies I've ever seen. So don't let the cartoon part throw you off. It makes the movie way better. Go see it. It is dope. Okay. I feel like we should also support some non-Marvel movies. I feel like people are going to think we only support Marvel movies. I love Marvel movies. I'm trying to think of other movies oh, that no. I like. Oh, no. There oh, are none. Um, uh, no, wait. I watched a movie. Oh, I don't know. I was watching the English Baking Championship. That was like a Great British Bake Show. Great no, British we Bake don't show. support that show. Oh, that's sorry. We're not talking about that. Yeah, yeah. We only support an actual TV. Like, that's good, uh, worthy of quality. Like, none of this Great British Bake Show. We <sighs> support movies other than Marvel movies. Yes, we like the movies Social too. Network. We like Social Network, Lord of the Rings, you know, other other movies. I don't like either of those movies. But you feel those. They're both great movies. Uh, so it's four movies, technically, because there's three Lord of the Rings. Let's get back to basketball. Movies.
That was a great movies corner. Thank you for joining us. No, thank you. I appreciate that. Let's get back to basketball. What were we talking about? We're Let's talking just about... hit Luka Doncic hard right now. Luka Doncic. Let's talk about Luka Doncic. <laughs> so my friend Batal Fishman, co-host of the podcast, he's Shut been uh, absent for about two and a half months now, but he is still sleeping. he is still the co-host. He might be sleeping like at this time, but I'm saying like he hasn't he hasn't been featured on this episode in a while, but he is still he's here in spirit. I and don't feel him here. So please, Bits, respond to our messages and get on the podcast. I feel him here in spirit. But basically, he was pointing out that there's lots of hype around Luka Doncic. Basically, people are saying, like, he's a great player already. Like, is he the greatest rookie of all time? But then he looked at his real plus minus. You know me, I love me some real Hit plus, plus minus. And basically, it puts Luka as purely offensively, like ignoring his defensive struggles a little bit. He's only 45th offensively of all players. Mm -hmm. And if you look at his defense, which takes him down, like he's even farther, like he's only 14th of small forward. So like, what is, what do you think is going on there between the hype and between these numbers? Well, I think number one, the hype is out of control. I think hype is out of people are so high on him. He could make a million mistakes and it's just, it's Luca. Like what do you mean? Who cares? Like how Luca? Luca, He's, he's, he's transcended basketball almost at this point. It's a little scary because he's only in his first year. Yeah. He's, he's obviously good, but he's not there yet. No. Um, number two, um, I think it's just him being young and him getting better. But obviously, he has a better opinion of that version. But uh, listen, I love Luca. I think he's fantastic. I do agree with Achille, the, the plus minus needs to get better on that part. His defense is, is bad. He will get better, but it's... His defense, from real plus minus, I was surprised his defense wasn't worse. Like, yeah. I thought his defense would be, like, terrible. Like, his defense, like, if you're, like, a minus 0. .5, that's, like, perfectly fine. That's, like, James Harden, Steph Curry. Like, yeah. you're, like, number one offensive options often have numbers like that, partially because some of them aren't that good, and probably also because some of them aren't trying that hard on defense, just because if you're your main offensive scorer, that's going to happen eventually. But, like... But I also think he's, he's sneaky on defense. He has those couple plays where right. he gets those steals, and... But he, He's a smart player. Yeah, like people smart. don't give him enough credit for the fact that he's like very good at basketball. He's a chunky smart player. Yeah. yeah. He just if he if he has got his I don't know if he, I don't even know if honestly if his conditioning is his body type because I think that he is in good shape. I just think that there's another level he can get to if he worked harder on the fact he that he brings out that Giannis body. Well, I don't think anybody <laughs> maybe LeBron's, but I think he has he has the, the ceiling is there because he can still obviously the skills are way better, but if he you know like. I feel like the great, anything. like the obvious, the most appropriate comp I think has got to be James Harden. Like if you looked at just his like body type, yeah, his body type, his size, his game type, like that's just he plays kind of that shooting guard position. He relies on the step back three. That step he's back a little, is he's a little bit large, but like he uses that to his advantage. He has this sneaky athleticism. Like he's not going to blow by you, but he uses his timing to move past you. Like he really has a lot of James Harden in him. And again, James Harden's ceiling is MVPs. So like that is a very good ceiling to be the best player in the league. Agreed. But I think some of the I agree with you. I think the hype is a little overblown. As people as people like to do, you know, somebody needs to pay Stephen A. Smith some money. So Stephen A. Smith needs Stephen to go on a. TV and say some ridiculous hot takes that are obviously not true. And then some of it trickles down to everyone else. Everyone gets caught up in the hype. And I think especially for Luca, he's been very easy to hype up because he plays really like his clutch numbers, his numbers with last five minutes of the game within five minutes are great. He's putting up if you like put out his clutch numbers to like per hundred possession. He's putting up like 50 points with like eight assists and zero turnovers which is as opposed to his overall numbers, which are like 25 points, like 
eight assists and like six turnovers. So his actual numbers are not nearly as good. But people look at his highlights. They had that he had that absurd three yesterday. Uh, he had some John crazy step back three. Yeah. <laughs> you see what he what he mouthed? He mouthed some adult content. We will not say some adult things. content. We're adult, if, but we're 14 A adults. You know, if we were if we were the dad at the game last night and our kids were standing right next to us, <laughs> we would be screaming that adult content. Because he so did not seem to care that his kids were hearing him scream. I guess like you do you? No, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. You do you. Yeah. But anyway, let's talk Luka Doncic. Okay, sorry. Luka Doncic. We were talking about... No, no, no. I'll, I'll no, no, no. fill in for you. No, no, no. When we're talking... Uh, no, no, no. Uh, sorry for that, everybody. Uh, we yeah. had a, a, bird, a bird flew into the room, and uh, we're just trying some to... Small issues. Some, some deal with that. But anyway, Luka Doncic... What I think is is the the hype the yeah. hype comes from his clutch play. But I think if you take into account, if you look at his overall numbers per game, what he's struggling a lot with is he has a lot of turnovers because he's making a lot of great, he's making a lot of tough passes. And that's what this is something Ben Taylor, a thinking basketball guy, talks about a lot, is that it's easy to see how adventurous somebody is with their passes just looking at their turnovers. And he often criticizes some players like Chris Paul that he thinks should be doing more adventurous passes, that he thinks like their assist to turnover ratio is like too good, that if they would they could do more passes that are like tough to, to like thread Chris the needle. Balls, he's old and he's hurt. Yeah, no, I'm talking more like prime Chris oh, Paul. Like, yeah. He like only had two turnovers a game, but he probably could have gotten a couple really nice layup passes and a couple really nice easy passes, easy lobs, if he would have been a little more risky to get turnovers. And it, Luka Doncic also, he's doing a lot of these step back threes and sometimes they fall, but sometimes they don't. And I think, some of that will come down to just he's a young rookie. Like those things will start falling for him more. And I think that's what gets people most excited is I think the hype is obviously, you know, because of the clutch shots. But when you think about his long-term potential, seeing the fact that he can already do this and knowing that he's doing it at a like, decent clip, like in contrast to like Trey Young, who's shooting, he's also shooting really difficult threes, but at like 20%. Luca's shooting them like 35%. So he can easily up that to like 40%. And if Luca can get that up to 40%, his free throws like 76, if he can get that up a few points to 80, all of a sudden you're looking at somebody who can be score at will on any possession and score extremely efficiently. Currently, he's not there. Currently, you can also see somebody who can make lots of great passes and not, he'll probably have still a number of turnovers just because he's going to make, he likes to make tough passes. I think he likes to dribble a lot, but he has a lot of potential. And I think those are the kind of things that I think it's easy for a rookie to clean up that you improve your scoring percentage a little bit, like your numbers creep up a little. I'm not talking like huge jumps, but like you increase your three-point, your two-point, your free throws each by like a few percentage points and you increase your assist to turnover ratio a little bit. All of a sudden you're looking at not quite peak James Harden, but you're looking at a mini James Harden, which is very, very good and a very dangerous player for Dallas to have. I think that's... Speaking of James Harden, sort of the Hawks, but you and the James Harden trade are probably... You trading Luka Doncic away and... Uh, you know, the Thunder trading away James Harden are probably the worst two trades of the past hundred years. Interesting. Sorry, I, in general, object to like the whole James Harden trade thing because like they weren't going to pay him, and could they have paid him? But like they probably could have paid him. They, they probably could have kept him. But like, would it have worked? I don't would know. he be able to become the James Harden he is? Yeah. Regardless, just looking player player. I would say away... though they got Stephen Adams, which is Who probably better than Trey Young. Like, well, I, I hope so. <laughs> See, no, not like right now. Like, will Trey Young in his career ever be as good as Steven Adams is right now? Never. That's like a legitimate question. So, like, that's what makes it the fact, like, that trade a little bit better. And also, 
it's different to trade somebody when they're in their like fifth year because no matter what happens, there was no way James Harden was going to stay. Like he was going to leave at the end of that four-year contract. So you would have had an extra three years of James Harden, but I think there are ways to look at it where it's like, yeah, you would have had three years of James Harden, so you probably would have won two championships. Like, yeah, it's dumb, but like they did get eight years of Steven Adams. So like there are some there are some mm-hmm. benefits. What I was talking about the other day, or not I, but I saw someone on Twitter, like that old Depot trade. Yes. It was just perfect. Like everybody's happy. I Paul agree. George is playing like out of his mind right now. Well, like, well if not you would MVP. describe Paul George is playing like an MVP. Currently leads the league in RPM. So I, I could care less. He's not he's playing like an MVP right now. Oh my gosh. He's a top five number guy one. and then number one for me. He's, he's like, no, he has my number one vote. But uh, he's playing like an MVP right now. Victor Oladipo has obviously been great for the Pacers. Demontis Sabonis has also been great for them. So, like, both of those guys are just I think great. Oladipo is one of my favorite people to watch now, which is pretty crazy because, like, there's a lot of talented guys in the NBA. Like, he's, he's so, so fun. fun. He's so quick. So fast. He's got pull up, the pull-up three is great. He can also, drive. He's a good passer. He's so, he's so great, and it's great to see him there in, in Indiana. He just he needs to be a guy with the ball in his hands. He's doing a lot better now that he's at it. I think some of it is also – some of those things are probably improvements that he would have had in OKC – but most of it, especially in the offensive end, like he just he needed to get the ball in his own hands. He needed to run his own offense, which he wasn't going to do with Russ. What I will say though is the Demontis Sabonis pretending that it's Russ's fault. I feel like I say this every time, but it just it bothers me every time I see somebody like Demontis Sabonis would get the ball at the top of the key, and he was so scared to shoot a three. Yeah, because Demontis Sabonis was playing power forward because OKC had two centers and they couldn't play him at center. And currently Demontis Sabonis doesn't shoot threes. They play him at center. The same thing as Serge Ibaka, who's currently playing center for the Raptors and doing a lot better instead of having to do a stretch four. And that has nothing to do with Russ. I will say, I will freely admit, Russ, you can blame Russ and you can blame his ball hogging for Victor Oladipo. Like, Victor Oladipo would not have been able to succeed with Russ. Demontis Sabonis would have been fine. Demontis Sabonis couldn't succeed because OKC had two centers. Like, so I'm not going to take any of this. Hot and bothered right now. What do you think the team would look like now? Do you know who does say that line a lot? Take a guess. Bits fish? No. Bill Simmons? Yeah. Bill Simmons, my man. Not my man. Not my man. Not my man. What do you think the team would look like right now if you had Russ and Victor Oladipo of today on the team? Interesting. I don't, that becomes the question of like, because if you look at Paul George right now and if you look at Russell, like Russ has really taken a step back. He's let Paul George do a lot of playmaking. He's having trouble scoring. He's doing, he's still doing, he's still doing creating. He's still doing assisting. He's done a lot more defensively. He's been, he's done a lot defensively this season. He's not scoring nearly as well. He's struggling a lot from the free throw line and shooting in general, like really been a struggle for us this season. Mm -hmm. Unclear if that's like something that he'll hopefully will get better as the season went on. He struggled last year also from the free throw line. He's really the new rules that you can't walk to half court really getting to him like it just messed with, with his routine and he hasn't really been able to get back to the level he was since then but if Oladipo could be playing like and have the same I guess respect that Russ gives to Paul George and the same space that he gives like the team would look exactly the same like they're just maybe a little different I think probably a little, probably not as good because I think at the end of the day Paul George Paul George is a better three-point shooter and a better secondary like he has like kind of that the thing we're talking about, Devin Booker. Like Paul, Russ lets him lead the offense a bunch, mm. but he still is off ball a lot and he spots up for three. And Victor Oladipo is not a great spot up. Like he's not the same off ball three point shooting threat that Paul George is. So I think, especially when you look at the other shooters around OKC, but like that's a real issue. Like Paul George provides a lot of the spacing. So I think they would not be as good with Victor Oladipo instead because I think they need the three point shooting. Got it. 
Well, I'm sorry I brought up OKC one more time because uh, it's fine. It's fine. Sev, we have two minutes left. Let's do quick. I need you ten seconds. Yes. Name your eight Western playoff teams. Again? Okay. Okay. Let's do it. it. Okay. Nuggets. Okay. Let's just do who's in for sure. Who's in for sure? Nuggets. Nuggets, Golden State. Golden State. State, OKC. They are like three and a half games ahead of everybody else. They're all playing great. They have great points differentials. Easy, those three. Lakers. Lakers. I agree with you on the Lakers. They got LeBron. 100%. They're doing well enough. JaVale McGee's been injured. So they went on the skid lately. Like, they're going to get him back. They're going to get healthy. And they're going to get somebody on the bio market eventually. They're going to be good enough to make the playoffs. I don't know if they can go any farther than that. But I think they're going to make the playoffs. Agreed. Okay. Then everyone else from here on, I'm not 100% yeah. sure. Here it gets shaky. I think the Jazz get in. Jazz. I like that pick because the Jazz are currently sitting in like 12th place. Yeah. But if you look at their schedule because of like their road games and because of just the strength of their opponents, they've played one of the hardest. They, they've played, I think, the hardest schedule so far. Their schedule gets a lot easier, just like it did last year when they went on that big run. They also have a much healthier point differential than the record would indicate. And I think I agree with you. I think despite how far back, I think they're going to turn it around. I think they're going to sneak, sneak in. Next. Three more. The Rockets are going to be the scariest eight seed of all time. I agree with you about the Rockets. Though, I don't know. I'm a little concerned because we've seen this before with the Rockets when James Harden takes the team on his back and shows up in the playoffs and then all of a sudden can't walk. So I'm worried that that's going to happen to him, that he's going to like carry this team, get himself like another like third-place MVP vote, which he's going to very much deserve if he takes this team because nobody else, like Eric Gordon, can't shoot anything suddenly, but... I agree with you. I think they're going to make it in. Okay, and here are the ones that I'm 100% These not are sure about. These are like... These next two are the, what I think the last ones Like, be. it next, could be anybody. The next one... Except I for the Suns. It'll, poor Suns. I think it'll be the Clippers. Clippers. Ooh, I like that. I they like that hard. Take. I love Shai Alexander she goes, so much. so good. Gallinari is absurd. Tobias Harris is playing. Like, just they're just... Strong, Patrick Beverly's tenacious. Top you see, to bottom. Did you see Patrick Beverly guard at Anthony Davis last night? He didn't even touch the ball. I I couldn't believe it. He has like ten inches on him, and he couldn't even get close. That was great defender. Great defender. I like I like the Clippers talk, Claw. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you on that one. Okay, and the last one. There's a lot of teams here. We could go. I feel like let's go from the bottom a little bit. Let's hold our seven. Phoenix is always at the bottom. Trash. I think Minnesota is out for sure. Agreed. Like those are the only two I know for sure. Unless Wiggins has more revenge games and yeah, Jesus. Wiggins only has revenge. Like literally last night before the OKC game, I was like <laughs> trashing Wiggins. Went on Basketball Reference to look at like all of his horrible stats, and then he's like, "You know what? Yechiel Schwab is trash talking me. I'm, I'm going to do another OKC revenge game." I swear that guy's numbers like against OKC, he's like, like he's like LeBron and he's Harden MJ. combined. Yeah. yeah, he's MJ <laughs> against OKC, and against everyone else, he's Andrew Wiggins. Oh, <laughs> Keep making your money. Dallas. I don't think Dallas is going to make it. Like, I feel That's like all these are top. Yeah. Ah, Dallas. For me, like, I just don't know if they have enough in them to carry it this season. Memphis, they're struggling lately. Tough time. They're going to get injuries. Like, I just don't know. I really like Jaron Jackson Jr. He's amazing. Yeah. But I just don't know if they're going to have enough to pull it out. Sacramento, story of the season, but I just can't see him pulling it out. Next year, but they'll, they'll be in next year. And then who do we got left? So you got Dallas in. I have Dallas. Then there's like the Portland, Trailblazers or San Antonio. Santana, I don't think, has a chance. And who's the last one? Uh, Pelicans. Pelicans. I'm rooting for the Pelicans. I picked them in this draft. And also, like, I really hope Anthony Davis, like, at least consider staying. And if they're out of the playoff race, like, he's not going to stay. So, I don't know. Part of me wants to pick the Pelicans. I'm against San Antonio. So, then we're down to Portland and New Orleans. Okay. So, we're down to Portland and New Orleans. I'm going to go I'm gonna go with New Orleans, but I let's let's keep it out for Portland. I think they're good also. I like your Dallas pick. I Luke think Dallas great. is going to get Tim Hardaway Jr. from the Knicks. And oh, they okay. Will, hot, they, hot take. Well, I don't think necessarily a hot take. They'll just get, they, don't have a, they don't have a pick this year, so they might as well make make a push and get a trade. Get yeah. rid of Wesley Matthews' expiring contract. 
Yeah, but why would they? Why would they take on contract space? They're looking to be free agent players. Uh, Look out, I DeAndre. Think free agents are really going to go to to Dallas. Uh, you're playing with Luka Doncic, the greatest player since before Michael Jordan. Fair. You got to see how 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 people talk about him. Like, I think a lot of have to do with like how DeAndre Jordan and like Harrison Barnes talk about what he's like to play with. Yeah. If they like him, maybe they'll go somewhere. But I'd be surprised if he's a, a draw in the next three uh, four years. The next Michael Jordan. <laughs> Reliable <laughs> sources have told me that he's currently having a season better than Michael Jordan's peak season. Like, if you took Michael Jordan's peak one-on-one against Luka Doncic right now, 11-nothing. Crazy. (laughs) He's so good. We do Luka love all the time. He deserves it. You're still my boy, Luka. I'm proud of you. But you're not quite MJP yet. You might get there, but you're not there yet. Seth, thank you for joining me. Guys, everyone, have a great night. Enjoy. Stay tuned for next episode. Make sure to comment, like, subscribe. Subscribe, of course. Also, thank you to ZipRecruiter. Thank you, ZipRecruiter, for sponsoring always. We appreciate your money.